I uh, I dropped a plastic bottle, so no damage done. Oh, geez, I dropped it again. Trip to the trip to the planet, I suppose. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm using it. Um, I don't throw it away. I I use it. Whatever. Someone's gonna throw it away at some point. Probably, but uh, not for. Well, I've had it for a long time, and I haven't thrown it away. What I do with it is um, here's what I do with it. I I keep my wet garbage in that bottle, sealed tightly, so it doesn't stink up the house before I get you know the uh, dry garbage out of the house. What are you talking about? You put your wet garbage in a bottle. What are you talking about? I do. I do that. How do you put garbage in a bottle? It's a wide neck plastic jar with a lid. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Doesn't stink up the house. You're not renegade composting? I I would like to, but I'm not growing anything, so... No, no, that's the renegade. That's the renegade part of it. You just you do it in other people's gardens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I've I've never done that. Night soil man. That's something else. But yeah, that's something else. <laughs> How are you? What a, let's not even get into that. Uh, so uh, we got the three, uh, you know, three three guilty counts. You know, yeah, so, right. the The world is relieved, uh, at uh, least this country, yeah. uh, and Pelosi rightly so. Uh, Pelosi catching some heat for her, her tweet immediately after that. Uh, Defending Maxine uh, Waters. No, uh, that George Floyd had sacrificed himself for this. You know, for this momentous thing. It was kind of oh. a, little, a little, yeah, it was a little tone deaf. He yeah. had sacrificed himself. I, I don't think so, but I, I didn't hear the quote, so I, I can't judge that. However, he is a sacrifice in that step in imagining, reimagining policing. But, uh, yeah, so a little of that, and then Fox was pretty much wrapped up into, uh, you know, it, it, the the idea that the, the guilty verdict was necessary to avoid the riots. Like, uh, you know, as opposed to well, no, accountability totally, for his actions. Well, exactly, and just totally flabbergasted that how did we get to this point as a country where a, a verdict, one verdict in one thing, can can cause this? And and it, it reminds me of another time when that happened. You know, every time, and then the Rodney King thing also. So it's like we're not, we didn't arrive anywhere. Right. <laughs> Tucker Carlson called it a lynching, the conviction of, of Derek Chauvin. He just keeps pushing the envelope, huh? He might as well double No kidding. I mean, he, that puts him out in front of his colleagues at Fox. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's tilting the whole thing to the right in a weird way. You, you know, know straight it, if you can call that the right, I guess, you know, I mean, it, it's the right that, that gets suckered by it, but. I mean, this plane has mean, one giant right wing. That's it. It's a big giant. <laughs> <laughs> it just flips around in circles before it crashes. But um, the the, the relief the of yeah. the relief, well earned. I mean, I was relieved. I mean, I, I, I well, we talked about it the day before, and I it, we felt like, how could you you know not come to a guilty plea after what we all saw, uh, you know, starting from last year, and then and then the court evidence and. How could you not? You know, and as it turns out, and indeed, it was pretty overwhelming. Yeah, we could not not find him, you know, guilty. So it does seem like the like the media, though, especially the white media, has has some very specific ideas on what's appropriate uh, protest, what's appropriate, you know, response, what's appropriate. Well, I mean, that's where Maxine Waters has come under fire for saying that if he if it's not guilty, then we should. Uh, confront was her term, and of course that's the uh, one that, the, that Fox is well, losing yeah. its I mean, panties over. Of course, yeah, it sounds oddly familiar to what was going on on January fifth and sixth, right? Leading up to that, yeah, sounds sounds a little like that. Um, so probably an ill-advised comment, nonetheless. Um, uh, I get it, sure. 
but when, but when you reach a point where there's so many grievances in a row and it's a, such a history of grievances that you reach a point where, you know, the general public can boil over in that type of expression, you know, destroying a bunch of stuff, da 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 When you get to that point where that's happening, you're kind of past the point of, of now discussing whether that's appropriate. That's not a, you know, that's a spontaneous thing that happens. It's not a... It's not yeah. policy, you know. I mean, when you reach that point where people are rioting, then you've got a problem. You, you're, you're, you know, it, it, that's it. You can't. It's over. You can't. You can't. Discussing whether it's appropriate to burn stuff is is not the. You're not going to get anywhere with that. Nobody wants exactly. To and if they're down honestly, I mean, it's beside the point. The point is uh, brutal policing. But he's probably going to get about twelve years. You think? Is what he's that seems to be the guidelines in Minnesota for first-time offenders. So, if you if you kill somebody in under these circumstances in Minnesota, uh, and it's your first offense, you, the, the general guidelines are 12 years. Now, prosecution's arguing that he should get 30 plus because of other mitigating factors. He was a cop, mm-hmm. this and that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I fall on that. I don't know. You know. Well, I, I guess it's up to the state. We'll have to. Them, I suppose. Yeah, we need to be um, um, listening to the judge on, you know, the determination of of the sentence based on, you know, all of the factors and certainly factors that we won't probably have access to. So, um, however, if 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 the sentence is too light, given the, the actual circumstances, that could be a problem. That could be the same problem as a not guilty verdict. <laughs> yeah, 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 as in Rodney King. And this judge definitely seemed to be, if I had to make a guess, I'd say he's leaning in that direction, given his statement about uh, Maxine Waters' comment. You know, the, I mean, the judge on the trial said that could be grounds for an appeal. He said it. So Yeah, right. Right. That tells me his allegiances kind of lie with, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating. But yeah, I know. Um, we won't know for two months. We won't know for two months, but it could get a little weird, you know, again. Right. We won't know. Oh, not to mention the fact that the police killings are overlapping now. Are you following this? There's like three more in, in the last three days. All right. All armed, all, yeah. Well, the the one with the 16-year-old girl, um, that's the news today, actually. Um, it looked like she was trying to stab somebody with a knife when she got shot. She was the one that called the cops. Yes. Oh, yes, the one they shot was the one that called the cops asking for help that she was being attacked. So. But if you look at the video, she's the one with the knife, and... She looks like she's about to sink that knife into the girl with the pink suit on. Okay. So well, you don't want to let you don't want to let somebody get stabbed. It's it's um, <laughs> right, and it's hard to say exactly what's going on in that video. That body cam video is pretty jumbled, but uh, you can see the knife in her hand. You can see it going towards the girl in the pink. I don't know. It looks like she's about ready to stab her with a knife, and if so, I'd say that's a good shooting. If I'm about to get stabbed with a knife, I hope some good guy with a gun, you know, comes to my rescue. But once again, hard to say exactly what was going on just from the evidence of that video. So that's a tricky weapon, that gun, though. Huh? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, because I see, I see, I see the ones where the guy shoots the apple off the other guy's head. You ever see that from like 50 feet away? Um. I've I've seen that before. Didn't work for William Burroughs, but okay. Well, you know, that's it. I'm sure people have gotten shot doing that. There's probably some Darwin Awards handed out for that. But but uh, I'm saying people can get real marksmany with those with those guns. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it seems like people who the people who in the society who are charged to carry one around and use it. You know. Is it too much to ask that they all be marksmen? Is that that's too much to ask? I guess. <laughs> That's too much. To right. ask. Maybe that's too much to ask. Not all soldiers are marksmen. Some guys they have 
doing other stuff, you know. Other other people, you know, they get good with the gun, so they let them. That's you know? absolutely true. Okay, so in, but in the army, everybody has a gun, right? They they give you the gun. In the army, I so in the navy, that's not the case. And my um, my battle station was uh, with an M1 rifle because um, in um, shooting contests. Uh, between the, the sailors, I did well, and so I was one of the ones that was assigned are, to a gun. There are Navy, there are Navy sharpshooters, though, that, that, that are Navy. That, too, and I certainly wasn't a sharpshooter, but I they threw a barrel in the water, and who sank it first was, you know, that person. So that's what I did. I, I sank a barrel in the water before, you know. Fewer shots. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not important that everybody, every cop, be a sharpshooter because they're not using those guns. There are there are uh, police sharpshooters. Those exist. So I'm not sure that that's a thing. Usually, if a if a cop has to use his gun, it's probably in a close up situation. Exactly. So maybe there's some kind of training where you get really good at shooting the apple in a close situation. You know, I just like to feel if somebody's pulling out a gun that they're a marksman with it, that they're not going to shoot. They could shoot somebody in the leg, and then we could talk to the person. What, what, you know, what, what was going on? We don't. That seems don't like that should be it. an option in some cases, but from what I understand, uh, every time they say that every time you a uh, cop pulls his gun, it's to use it lethally. That's the expectation. So I don't know. I'm not sure what that's about, or if, even if that's true. I just I just keep flashing back to this video on the autobahn of this in Germany of this guy with a big Conan sword, samurai looking sword. Uh huh. He was lost. He was lost his mind. He was on the freeway swinging the sword, trying to hit cars, trying to hit people, and the cops showed up and he stuck one in his shoulder. You know, I mean, the, the guy was going to charge at him with the sword. I mean, you talk about a tense situation, right? Yeah. He's going to come at you. Guy's coming at you. He's swinging a sword. He's all out of his gourd. This 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 guy squared up, squared his shoulder, set his pants perfectly, and just plugged him right in the offending shoulder, and the guy dropped the thing, you know. Uh, but he didn't uh, die. No, of course not. He hit him in yeah. the arm. He's fine. Yeah. You know, now he now he can be you know, stand trial for sword swinging or whatever the whatever <laughs> right. penalty is. And I'm sure it's bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean is it, that's too much to uh, I'm watching these videos, I'm watching the Toledo video. Have you seen the the cam footage of the thirteen year old kid? Yeah, yeah, that's that's that one's troubling. I, I that it all seems... happens very, very quickly. You know, and I had a I had a conversation with a very reasonable person that said, you know, it happened really fast. He turns around. She okay. They knew he had a gun. Um, they tell him to drop it. He does, and then he turns around with his hands up. But within a second, he's shot. Did she think he's turning around they with a gun in his hand? They believe that he. They believed that he had a gun. Yeah. They believed he had a gun. They didn't right. know he had a gun. They believed he had a gun. Right. The the lights were on him. The officer said, "Hands up, turn around." The hands went up. They, he turned around, and he was shot. I mean, I, he comply. He followed two commands. I mean, I he did give a give a third command, give a fourth command. Get yeah, knees, lay lay face down. It uh, seemed like the, the the shooting was premature. It all happened very fast, and and should it be? Should these things be happening? You know, the Onion did an article on training students to de-escalate situations. You know. Like, uh, maybe the public needs to be trained on de-escalating instead of the cops. Maybe we all need to be <laughs> trained on how to... There's a thought, except they're going to run across people who weren't trained, though, so it's right. actually got to be the cops. <laughs> it's very fast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, should, that one... should, should, should you be running from your car with your gun like that anyway to do what? I mean, right, exactly. Uh, obviously, not good judgment on the part of the thirteen-year-old. But um, someone has. Did, a he, gun, con- did he confront the gun- cop? But if, yeah, but if you hear someone has a gun, does that mean a crime has been committed? I thought you were allowed to have guns. I don't. Um, I don't think it was lawful for the thirteen-year-old to have the gun that he had. 
Well, I know, but I, what, what, what were the cops responding to? There's a 13-year-old with a gun? That wasn't oh, right. Um, no, there was an older person. Um, and I, I, I think, okay, now, so I'm, we shouldn't say, because I, I can't remember this part of the story, but um, there's another person involved, um, maybe that gave him the gun or told him to get rid of the gun because he was on probation or parole and having an unregistered weapon would put him back in jail. I don't know. It seems like there's some aspect of that. So they weren't, they weren't rolling up on the kid. They were rolling up on the guy. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to figure this out. It just seemed like I watched the cam and it's like, it seems like a call came in and then the heart rate's up. They're huffing and puffing. The guy's driving. They're chasing him down the alley. Um, all of this happens in a matter of 10 seconds from the car pulling up to getting out of the car to running down the alley. To, I, I don't, you know. And it seems... The car were on, illuminated on the kid. Yeah. And it seems like there's... That there was no reason to fire at that particular moment of him turning around. It is scary. I, what if he's... What if the... I, oh, I saw, I thought I saw a gun in his hand. All right. I mean, that's what I, what I, what was that? That's that's it, right? Sign off on that, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what are you supposed to say? No, I mean, you're wrong. Therefore, I mean, if you look at it, it, it happens very fast. I mean, you could see how scary it is. That's <laughs> what a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It doesn't look like a good shooting, though. I mean, I and, and I use that term in the most clinical way possible. Well, you're using the term that they use. Yes. Yes. Clean. I think clean, actually. Right. It doesn't look clean. It looks like it, it happens a little too quickly for me. Um, I don't know. So the, the relief of the world is palpable. Uh, and I say the world, and it's especially the, this country, because that's that was what was going to, um, what was going to, that's where we needed the relief. And it's a signal that, that things are changing and moving in a particular direction. Um, but I, <laughs> somebody at the, at the, at the cut foods corner uh, made it rain. It was one dollar bills everywhere. Huh. Right? <laughs> What's that? I mean, the relief of the verdict, and as soon as the verdict was, was out, dollar bills everywhere at cut foods. Well, look, I was I was trying to uh, I was trying to formulate a tweet in response to this historic event. As, as, uh, as yeah. A journalist, as a journalist, uh-huh. I know my many fan and followers. <laughs> right. So, um, I am. But I, I was like, <laughs> but I was like, thank you. And I was like, no, I'm like, look, this is a heavy moment. So let me. I should write them down first before <laughs> I tweet them. And just kind of get let let them sit for a little bit. And yeah, right. Back and look at them, right? Because you need some hesitation. This is a heavy thing here. Uh, the three or four I wrote down did not make the cut. I mean, <laughs> I'm super super lucky I did not post them. You know, um, I I was more tone deaf than Pelosi on this one. Believe me. Um, In what way? Like, uh, you know, let the people, I was kind of trying to make the point of let the people dance in the street instead of burning everything, kind of. Kind yeah. Of point. But it really comes out like it's not really a dancing in the street kind of moment, you know what I mean? Well, right, Just, except that it turns out, I mean, somebody made it rain at Cup Foods, you know, I mean, kind of is. And it's that sense of relief, though. Not joy that a man was convicted of murder, not joy that a man was murdered, certainly, but um, that justice could occur. That justice but that justice could occur when so many times it had not. And that is something to celebrate. However. Yeah. Now you just got to do one without a video. That's all you need to be able to do. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So that's trickier. Huh? It is. Yeah. It's tricky. It's a long road. It's a long road. But again, I don't think this is, I think we get wrapped up into the race thing and, you know, I really, the more I reflect on it, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not so much a race thing, I don't think. I know it's weird to say that, but I, I don't think this is a cops versus blacks thing. You know, okay. even, though, even, yeah, even though the statistics would suggest otherwise and there's these videos and we know about that, 
I'm just saying I think it's more of a poverty thing at the end of the day. It's not it's it's a it's coincidental that it happens to be minorities that are affected by cops more because minorities tend to live in economically depressed areas more. I mean, right. just and that's a racist thing, though, generally speaking. Well, no, that has that definitely is a racial thing, and it's not right. an economic thing. It's an economic thing. It's not a it's not a system wide racist directive type thing. And that seems to be the the conversation that that, that we're wanting to have is that it's the cops that are. The so I have another yeah. I have another perspective that actually proves your point. Um, that it's not necessarily a racist thing. And that is watching um, police in the 60s um, using their prerogatives as policemen to use force against hippies um, that were not guilty of anything. And then, and then 15 years later against punks. I mean, I watched, uh, I watched uh, uh, the police in Riot Squad Force, every week at Skeleton Club, it was a once a week um, uh, show at uh, at this club in on in San Diego on on Market and Second Street, and there would be eight cruisers, sixteen policemen, you know, for a show that was going to be attended by maybe a hundred people, and and it, but it was a punk rock show, and so they were there to harass the punks. And I got no problem saying that. I watched them. Um, there was some punks outside smoking. Um, and um, so there were like eight cops standing on the sidewalk just insulting everybody that walked in and waiting for somebody to do something. And there was this one punk that was smoking a cigarette and, and, and one cop. And as, as I was walking into the club, I watched this happen. The cops said, Hey, you, come over here. And so the guy starts to saunter over towards the cop. And the, and he's, you know, the cop says, put out that cigarette. So he kind of snottily flicks it onto the sidewalk and it, you know, it hits the sidewalk in a shower of sparks. And that was it. Suddenly there's eight cops on him just wailing on him, beating bloody and sticking him to a cop car and drive off with him. Arrested him. That was it. That was it. So we know that uh, years later we found out that Bill, Chief of Police Bill Collender had said he intended to drive punk rock out of San Diego. Well, that's great, Bill. So this was – and you can see the way it, it, it worked out. These cops that would show up at Skeleton Club were just itching for it. They were down there to get some. and. um you know, they were, they were, you know, hey, they were taken off the leash, so to speak, with regard to punks. And so, you know, they were down there, you know, beat up some punks. So they used, the, and so it had nothing to do with the black thing. They just wanted to abuse their authority. Well, it's a money thing. We have a, we have a, you know, we have to understand that the building of prisons is a very large business in this country and has been for a number of years. So, there's an incentive there. There's, you know, money to be made. Biden has said uh, he wants to get rid of private prisons. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I want to see that too. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, I mean, when when uh, profit is a motive for incarceration, justice is not possible. Well, there's a number of factors here, and, and of course, you know, when you're trying to get numbers, you got to go where the where the fish are and. It just so happens that people in economically depressed areas and regions tend to fall into crime a little bit more, and so that's where you hang out. <laughs> that's if you're a cop, that's where you hang out. So, right, of course. You know, so over time you have these statistics that are very damning. If you want to make an argument about racism in the police, there's there's a laundry list of statistics to back that argument up. I mean, the, the numbers are there. They, yeah. There's no explanation for these differences. Um, and so, when you throw people in jail frequently, and and I mean they 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 have a tougher time getting the job. If they had a job, they're going to lose that job. Um, and I mean, if you give them a, a a sentence of a year or more, they're going to lose their career too. So 
Um, which becomes itself reinforcing. Yeah. Well, now it's, now you're talking about generational wealth, right? Yeah. Uh, now yeah. you've affected, now you've affected the wealth of a family line. Because you so that's what we've got. That's exactly what we've we got. Have, we have the cumulative effects of many years of those policies is what we have. There's no yeah. way out other than UBI at this point, um, or reparations. I mean, I don't know what you would do to fix it. Um, mm-hmm. You have to bring factories back to depressed areas. You have to bring jobs back to those areas. Maybe with the infrastructure thing. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the goals. That is definitely one of the goals of the infrastructure deal Of is wealth redistribution. Absolutely. And should be. I mean, there's a lot of that's what's going to be next. There's a lot of people in this country, not black people, but a lot of people in this country that were, were born on third base, right? Yeah. And, and they think they hit a triple, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. For real. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, I, I mean, I've watched, I've watched it. I literally have watched it. I've seen degenerates get handed unbelievable stuff just because of lineage. You know? Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. There's... Unbelievable. And, you know, right, it's true. There's only so much you can do about that. But, um, and so there's a lot of things, there's several steps that have to happen immediately. And, and one, and there, it's right on the horizon too, is a, a change in policing. Um, don't let them use the kind of power. You know, I watched this happening too. Not that, that cops, you know, as far back as you want to go with cops. Um, didn't abuse their authority. Cops kind of do that. Um, but, um, it wasn't as widespread as it, as it was and became in the seventies in, and when you first started seeing the, the movies of, you know, the, the trope is the put upon cop who's just trying to do his job and he's hamstrung by the constitution. Um, and turn in your badge, McAllen. Yeah. Dirty Harry. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. But there was a host of others along the same line. It became a trope, you know. And people believed it. Uh, that here's these cops that are trying to protect the, the citizens. When the reality is they're behaving like big bullies. Uh, they've been asked to do a pretty impossible job up to this point, and they've done it not not super super well. So <laughs> I think I think now that you we start getting out of this this prohibition petty prohibition of soft drugs, we start to move out of that. Then that'll help. Maybe, I think it's going to help. It has to help. That's where we got. That's where we got. That's where we became number one in um, prison. Uh, population in the world doesn't matter what how totalitarian the regime we put a greater percentage of our population in prison than they did um starting in the 80s and it was sentencing guidelines that put us over the top oh mandatory minimum sentencing yeah stuff like that yeah yeah uh which led to even greater violence at the at the end of the day yeah right you know, if you're going to get 20 years anyway, you might as well shoot the guy. Right. <laughs> um, right? I mean, what, if there's no difference. Absolutely. So, right. Absolutely. And a lot of these guys that were shooting cops were, hey, if I go to prison, it's all over anyway. So I'm I'm going to yeah, I'm going to get life. Take this two shot. I'm going to get life anyway. So. Yeah. Right. Uh, I like what uh, I think Frisco is doing it. Maybe part of L.A. too. Uh, for some calls now, a uh, junkie call, you know, some homeless derelict situation, uh, yeah. you know, some domestic violence, stuff like that, they're not sending armed cops anymore. They're sending, like, a crisis response people. Yeah, yeah. I hear that's working out. and They're doing it in Colorado. Yeah. And it's working out. I, uh, cop shootings are going down, that kind of thing. Death the rest by cop. Everything they're able to, you know. Yeah. They're able to help people, give them what they need. Somebody's freaking out; they don't need to be arrested. That's not going to help, you know. 
Yeah, enough right. Putting drug, enough, enough putting drug addicts in jail. I'm done with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's incredibly barbaric. It's, it seems ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. It has hurt our society. It's it's made crime go up. It's just hurt us in, in untold uh, numbers of ways. Destroying families. I mean, it's just any any so many metrics. Um, and the people speak out against it. I guarantee you, at the end of the day, they're drug addicts for something, right? They are pills. They need some pill that they take. I'm sure a doctor told them to take it, but they're hooked on it like a junkie. Uh, it could be caffeine, nicotine, what? Putting people down, who knows? Anything anything you would be addicted to. Everybody's a junkie. So enough of this looking down on somebody. Somebody shoots some smack. Okay, great. You know, get them some help, no? They don't need to be in jail. Well, hey, and countries that have done that have had excellent results. Portugal was, I guess, one of the first. Um, and, um, I mean, crime went down. Murders went down. Usage went, went down. Usage went down. Yeah. Wow, it's so, not criminalized anymore, and a bunch of people stop using it. Oh, well, you know, it's not taboo <laughs> enough for me. Now it's mainstream. Yeah, now they can get medical help without stigma, uh, and it works. Huh. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. That's the rub there. It's because we are missing, people do feel like they're missing out on something if you can't, if there aren't people to look down on. You can't look down on junkies, you know? Yeah. You keep it, keep it in the, keep it in the shadows, keep it in the gutter. You know? <laughs> that's those people, you know, people I can look down on. I can't have, you know, treat everything like a medical issue. Now what? can't even make fun of somebody if they have a medical issue. Well, so that's the thing. That's the thing. I I really think we're we're making progress on all of that stuff. Private prisons, uh, although Biden and legalizing marijuana, although he has moved a little. Um, he's more liberal right now than he was during the campaign on marijuana. So that's kind of interesting. Um, just released 14,000 people expunged records for marijuana convictions, some some governor somewhere. Yeah, well, that's, just that's what needs to happen. Clean the rec- clean their records, too. So, um, all of that sounds good, even though there's a, a, a real good action coming from people like Tucker Carlson. Um, I, I think he's an outlier. I think his days are numbered, honestly. Um, I, I guess maybe I, it's hopeful thinking, wishful thinking, but uh, it feels like there's a trend there that could result in something that wonderful. <laughs> so. Well, I think things are moving in a, in a positive direction. I'm very happy for all of you, you know, I really am. And yourself. Good job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy for you, too, because you're part of us. Okay. You said you people. Yeah, okay, good, good. Well, speaking of which, um, all right, tell me this. Um, there's, there's one thing that doesn't seem to be getting any better. In fact, it seems to be rapidly getting worse. In the 90s, 81 billion tons of ice per year melted. Um, In the 2010s, it's 475 billion tons of ice melting per year. That's over six times as much. Yeah, it's more, yeah. And so it's a rapidly escalating thing uh it's you know it's, it's a kind of once again it's an exponential rise um so that's alarming and it's going up every year the thing we could still do in an apocalypse it's just it's not the one we thought <laughs> right i don't think you get to choose your apocalypse <laughs> how very how very human you know like dismissing the mark and it ends up being something else completely 
Like we right. virus only only to be destroyed by fossil fuels. Right. So, and hard to say what we can reverse too. So that's my understanding. It's kind of a process that takes a long time to go each direction. So we're kind of kind of got to ride it out now, no matter what. So honestly, you've got to do what you can do. Um, and I don't care if Exxon Mobil's bottom line drops. I don't care. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a dire situation here. Um, well, they're going to pass it on to us. They'll just raise the prices of the things we use. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you know, chill. Maybe that's the way it is. You'll, you'll get your money. <laughs> I mean, maybe gas needs to be $20 a gallon. Maybe that's right? what to get to. You don't get your pound of flesh, Exxon. <laughs> program brought to you by Exxon Mobil. <laughs> um, well, not to change things up too much, um, but um, I, I just did a really uh, I, really enjoyable for me uh, to do. I did two uh, two episodes. Uh, two two-hour-long shows on industrial music, and um, and it, it really key music in my own you know musical taste. But it made me wonder what what was the first music that meant something to you? Like as a kid, what you know you're listening when music really got to you. Oh, I love this you know music. What was it for you? Well, music music was an escape. You know what I mean. There wasn't a whole lot. Small town, not a lot going on. All right, sure, the, sure. The, the local pop station, the local that had the Casey Case of Top Forty was one of the programs. You know, they had yeah. pop music. That was the you know you had a little cassette in the thing you recorded sure. and copy you know so you would make well yeah tapes of all home taping filling that music. Yeah, I mean that was it. I mean, they got me through some time. I'm telling you. So, it so was, what were uh, some of the groups? Or what were some of the bands? It was, pop, it, was, it was the poppiest, crappiest music you could imagine. It was like Debbie Gibson and John Mellon. Oh, no, sweet, sweet. Whatever, whatever was on the radio at that moment. I love Debbie Gibson. I Debbie Gibson had my two-headed love child. I no, but that's um, yeah. Well, you know, early Madonna. We're talking early Madonna. So, Tiffany? You know, uh, Tiffany, absolutely, sure. Hell yeah. But see, I was, I was always more of a Debbie Gibson guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you heard uh, Mojo Nixon's song about Debbie Gibson, Gibson, right? I did not. Oh, I just told you the title of it. Debbie Gibson, uh, Debbie, Debbie Gibson had my two-headed love child, or wants my two-headed oh, love okay. child. Oh, I thought yeah. that was you. All right, that's fine. Yeah, that wasn't me. That was um, Mojo. Yeah, no, no. I mean, but that was it. Got me through, and then, and then, uh, of course, you know, getting the, the very first hip hop or rap album that I ever came across, you know, which was unedited, of course. Which was yeah, great, right. You know. What was it? Do you remember? It was the very, it was the very first uh, Cypress Hill record. Ah, yeah. We were all very young. Very, everyone was very raw. Nobody knew what they were doing. Sure, insane yeah. in the brain. <laughs> that was well. That was the second one, but yeah, it was. It was. Uh, they had a song on the first one called "Pigs." <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. You couldn't play that like around now. You know, uh, championed weed and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, the bomb. they were singing about, I mean, listening to pop radio in a small town, they they were saying stuff that I'd never heard before. So that kind of got to Well, I didn't understand those kind of thoughts could be put to music. But it did open <laughs> up a world, I think. Sure. What, what about you? What was your first? Uh, well, so, so I'm a little older, but I mean, um, actually, it was novelty tunes with, like the coasters. Um, uh, Little Egypt, but novelty tunes. There was one uh, called Tan Shoes and Pink Shoelaces, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> About this guy who dressed really natally. And uh, but I think the first music that really grabbed me, really grabbed me hard, and and got me in a cultural way, and and the sound of it, and just you know, um, was. Uh, the English invasion. Um, hmm. 
I, I dug this, I dug surf a little bit before and I was getting into that and then the stones hit and the, uh, the yard birds and the, you know, the beetles too, although I preferred, um, you know, the, the, the stone. Preferred yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I did, yeah, absolutely. He was one of them that I, Donovan that I was really. Was great. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so yeah, so, and I went to, Several Rolling Stones concerts and South Stones in '64. Did you ever get killed at one of those shows? Or no? I did. I did. You did. You died at one. <laughs> I was absolutely slain. Every last time I went, I was slain. No, no, no I, nobody died. But although I did, I did see uh, Keith Richards <coughs> electrocuted on stage, unconscious. Oh, okay. You were at that show. Okay. I was at that show. It happened in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. And it was. It was weird. They had done three songs. They starting their fourth song. I believe it was well. It was. It was. It was last time. It was called. And so they're starting the opening chords, and Keith Richards has his back to the audience, and uh, on the line that Mick starts to sing, Keith Richards spins around. His guitar neck hits the the microphone stand. Sparks shoot in the air. And, you know, visible from three quarters of the way back in the auditorium. And he stops playing, crumples over his guitar, and then collapses in a heap on the stage. And the other musicians, as they're seeing what's, uh, since finally what's happening, stop one by one, stop playing. Mick Jagger's kind of the first, though. He throws the mic down, he goes running over to Keith, bends down over him, and Curtains close and and we're all going. What just happened? Is he dead? <laughs> you know. Did so you we to the manager to get a refund. Or no? Nobody got a refund. <laughs> yeah, no refund. <laughs> but the ticket was uh, three fifty. Three dollars and fifty cents. Three dollars and fifty cents. You know, Nick's kicking himself right now. Three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll wait the, probably, I don't know, 15 minutes in the auditorium. Finally, um, the, Mr. Richards has left the building. He's on his way to the hospital and, um, the show is over. And so we fire around and we followed some people that were going around the back of the, of the building. We got there just in time to be lined up right along the sidewalk, uh, when Keith Richards is wheeled out on a gurney. Unconscious, could have reached out and touched him. I saw him there, unconscious, and they put him in the ambulance and drive off. Hmm. Memorable show, to be sure, but hey, we only got three songs. Good time. It's like a, uh, only three songs, huh? Like a dollar seventeen per song. Hmm. Damn. Still seems like a pretty good deal. It was. I, you know, it's, I remember that concert. And I and I uh, I saw them later too, um, you know, like a year later. So uh, yeah, so that was the first music that that really got me. But it it certainly grew from there. Then because then it goes into psychedelic music, and there was the San Francisco, and um, that's yeah, that's what America, huh? Jefferson Airplane. Sure, America got the music back from England. Is what happened there. And happened about sixty-seven. Yeah, summer of sixty-seven, summer of love, and it's Jefferson Airplane and Big Brother and the Holding Company and Quicksilver Messenger. I think this Service is the summer of love Dose. coming up right now. I think. Ah, maybe, huh? Well, we'll see. You know, I think Burning um, Man. Love. Well, love can never die. So, you know. Well. Right. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about maybe maybe it dies, but it does recur. No, but it's uh, you know people have been cooped up for a year. Now they're ready to let loose. You know, sure. So, and now people are getting vaccinated. So sky's the limit. I think this is going to be the the, the summer of people getting having a lot of sex. I think I think is what's going to happen. Um. And the summer of love, I think we're, I think we're going to have a bunch of, uh, quarantine babies. 
or, 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 or end of quarantine, end of the end of the pandemic. This is going to be. But it needs its own name, like the Exodus or something. Yeah, the Exodus. That's a good one. Yeah, something you know, something that's going to be, and it could go on for a while. That's the other. Yeah, thing. right. So, um, it's going to be a wild summer. Uh, I think so. Uh, I think it's already started. I mean, well, you, you made the observation that Burning Man could really be something this year. I think the whole planet is going to be a Burning Man. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to have we're going to end up with 20 million people or 20 billion people on this planet in 10 years. Yeah, just from the just from the COVID. Yeah, it's going to be dead. Yeah, people are going to have There'll a, be a, a new baby boom. Absolutely, that is my prediction. A baby, a boom in everything. Good actually. <laughs> Another pig in the python. Yeah, wind up with a new, look, it's, there's going to be a lot of, it's going to be good things and bad things come out of it, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a wild expression, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I'm excited for all of you. What's this excited for all of you stuff? <laughs> I'm mean because I'm saying it. That doesn't, that's not proper English. I'm saying it. So I'm saying all of you, everybody that's not me. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, I'm saying but you're, it. you're part of it. You're excited yeah, I'm for us. Saying it. You're excited for us. Yeah, but I'm saying it to all of you. So it's, okay, well, I'll look it up. I, I, I might be saying it wrong. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. It sounds like you're excluding yourself. I hope you're not. If you, if you say you're not, then you're not. So that's good. No, I am because I'm the one speaking. Is this not, I don't, you, did you ever take a drama class? This is a, like, um. <laughs> you're part of the party though. Yeah. Right. Well, everyone's going to have a great time. I'm sure all of you will do wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you're excluding yourself. <laughs> um. Yeah, so things are getting better. So can, can we just try to be more positive? Let's be more positive. I mean, come on. No, um, I, you know what? <laughs> you've been gloomy. You've been down. You've been feeling bad. Okay, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire over it. You know, it happened. Let's let's try to be more positive. What do you think? Um, if if you're talking to yourself, I'm, I'm I applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Good times. <laughs> no, I'm I'm generally pretty positive. I think I'm realistic, but I'm, you know, I, st- I still have my Mormon positivity, I think. Uh my thing is now I'm projecting uh people. Projecting. Um, yeah, that's where I reject myself in advance of meeting them. <laughs> right. So, it's a real time I find it's a real time saver. And it one hundred percent does not work. Also, <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, by what criterion do you reject people before you you know anything about them? It is a retaliatory safeguard, is how I view, I view it. So, you know, coming into a meeting, coming into a situation, uh-huh. I've already pretty, I've already pretty much insulted myself, rejected me, and you know, I'm pretty much in the dirt when the thing starts. <laughs> so. That's that's the deal, you know. It's a defense mechanism, like a turtle well, going into its uh, turtle house. Y- you don't want to be overly optimistic and overly positive, too. Uh, I mean, well, check, check negative man. This, this system, this is negative man, exactly. Negative man would be the first to, to you know, decry unrealistic positivism. It, it sets you up for disappointment automatically. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like that. Yeah. No. No, and I and I I was I was with him on that too. I you know yeah. yeah well, he However, yes, exactly. However, he was kind of a dour guy, um, sort of. Um, he might have been too negative. Me, not so much. But we had this similar kind of philosophy, so that was kind of interesting the way that worked out. Hmm. I mean, you get a nickname like Negative Man. That's a tough deal. You you're not. He gave it to himself. Well, he earned it. No one, no one said that's the wrong nickname for him. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, he called himself that, but everyone else called him that because, yeah, it works. You're saying yeah. somewhere in the middle. You're saying not exactly. No, I, I, I think that uh, unrealistic positivism. 
he he hated the word he hated the word awesome. Mm, that's one of my favorite as words being, too. Mm. And right now, so it's degraded the ter- the meaning of the term awesome is what's happened. Uh, so now it is what it is, and I use it too. Um, it's fine, and um, but it has degraded the term from. I mean, the universe is awesome. You can, but now, okay. uh, my my okay. my, my coffee this morning is awesome. <laughs> well, it's a complaint that European people have about Americans in general. That I've heard. Is that oh, really? How are how are the eggs? Oh my God, they're amazing. Okay. Really? I think because well, I think people in Europe are a little more reserved. Right. Describe things, maybe. So, so rather good isn't good enough. It, they're amazing. Like if you said it was good, then that would be appropriate. They're good. Okay. That's they're, they're, that that sounds like a put down here. Oh, they're good. It's a total put down <laughs> here, but but over there, it's the best thing you could say about food. Oh, they're good. If you wanted to, go, they're good. If you wanted to go a step further, you could say they're delicious, but they better fucking really be really something because for you to say delicious, yeah. everybody need everyone would need to agree with that at the table yeah. for that to work. Good is what you're supposed to say. So when 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 they say how's the eggs, and I'm like, oh my god, they're incredible. These are these are amazing eggs. Then they think I'm a fucking idiot, basically. So I had these amazing eggs. They had anise and lavender in them. That sounds incredible. <laughs> they were kind of like this licorice flavored. Um, that sounds awesome. Lavender flavor. Yeah, they were they were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. I, 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 I believe me. I do see their point of view. I understand that now. Now you can't use the word amazing for this specific set of things that are amazing because yeah. it's being used to describe uh, a dinner roll, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then what, I mean, then we should all talk about it then, I think. You know, let's figure out, you know. Well, I mean, that's just what language does, though. Um, it's okay. I, I love language. I think, I think Americans try to be too polite, maybe. So we want to, you know, oh, pump it up. Um, yeah, hi. Yeah. yeah. Even if, you know, and maybe it's just for someone's feelings in the case of, do you like the eggs? But see, you've kind of got to make things better than they really are to, to go there. But what if you uh, really do love the eggs and they're awesome? See what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what I think. That's, that's hey, what I think. I never had eggs with anise and, and lavender in them before. Whoa. I'm just saying if I think it's awesome, I can't say it's awesome because you're not supposed to use awesome for that. So then what, you know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta change my thought to something else. Right. Well, so it should happen in kind of an organic way though. It should happen in kind of an, the word that occurs to you because of your exposure to the way people around you talk Probably is the right word. That's probably the one that's going to communicate the best. But amazing is the one we get knocked for by Europeans. Like we say, yeah, right. a lot. It's it's, it's <laughs> sure, anything. Sure. Anything can be amazing. Anything. The weather, the food, the parking. Yeah. Sure. Um, right. And it's like, are you really amazed? <laughs> like, are you, do you know what yeah, amazed right. means? Like, you understand what that means, right? Hey, my my broccoli <laughs> scramble is definitely not anise and lavender. You know, amazing. I don't, but even with the anise and lavender, I don't think you're sitting there like amazed, right? <laughs> like beside yourself, speechless. Amazement is like holy shit. You're rendered speechless by the. Well, I don't know. Have you ever had uh, licorice flavored eggs? You know, I'm not a huge fan of licorice, but I do. So, uh, I'm into putting weird things in eggs. I'm down with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I like when people do that. Uh, what about mole sauce with chocolate? You read that? Oh, uh, absolutely. Sure. Hey, I'm, this is San Diego. We're right next to the border. Some of the me- best Mexican food in the country. And isn't that like a Sonora thing? Isn't that like a city you were going to try to help me find a room in? <laughs> or, could be 
All right, well, keep me in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, how's, how's Los Angeles looking? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody really wants to live with an older uh, guy. All right, so you're looking for a situation. I think I might have found a situation, but, you know, it's, I'd really be, in, I'd really rather come to San Diego, but. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. I sure, I got you there. I, I came real close to, to moving to, uh, Los Angeles a couple of times. Oh, over the years, you mean? Yeah, once was, um, uh, mid seventies, uh, I was thinking, huh, you know, I, with the kind of, you know, my interest, that should probably go to Los Angeles. And I went up there, I stayed with some friends for three weeks. And you know what drove me out? It wasn't the 45-minute drive to anywhere you wanted to go. It wasn't the just stay away from the freeway from between 2 to 6. Um, it was the smog. My eyes hurt that whole three time, three weeks. I couldn't wait to get back to San Diego. I guess the area is a lot cleaner. It's cleaner now, yeah. Oh, you mean San Diego? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah, that, that situation yeah. has improved too, um, from from the seventies and the EPA and all of that. So that's it's it's not as bad as it's still bad though. Okay, I was reading about these uh, eco eco pod. Have you heard of these hotels, eco pod hotels? <laughs> That rings a bell. What what are they? It sounds cool, right? It sounds already. It sounds kind of cool, right? Ecopod. Uh, you, yeah, you have an ecopod. Like <laughs> how 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 quiche? How how? Uh, ooh, my goodness! What is this? Pod. Um, pod. P O D. Pod. Oh, P O D. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm right. So I did. That's what is what I read about. Okay, pod so hotels. Why, that's what I've been too. It's like a dormitory in a way, right? Like a hospital uh-huh. in a way. Okay? Sure. In a way. But the sleeping areas, there may be 10, 10 sleeping areas in each room, so 10 people to a room. But yeah. the, these pods are designed in such a way where you have, like, a little privacy. You can lay in this coffin-like bed that has a TV and a – it's a pod. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, what I've seen has been uh, in Japan – Yes, exactly. That's where it kind yeah. of starts. These yeah, you got to lay down in there. Well, th- these are slightly bigger. It's let's say like a if you can imagine a loft or a, a, above a cab of a truck. The oh, okay. Area that would be a couple of feet enough for there's room for a mattress and maybe five inches around the mattress. Let's say there's okay. not enough room to it's not enough room to stand, but you could sit pot without your head hitting. Okay, so it's yeah, it's a, it's a pod. Okay, so anyway, you pay like a monthly thing and you stay in this thing and there's like 50 people in the building and there's facilities and it's like a dorm, except it's very similar to this uh, worker housing that got outlawed in California sometime in the 30s. <laughs> oh, right. I don't know what they, yeah, they called them, I don't know what they called them. It was something, it was some kind of worker housing. Some, it was a particular style of housing where they had a bunch of people in a tight space like that. But this one's painted fresh and it's, very hip looking. Now, and you can you can lock your pod up too for some privacy. There's a little security. safe, a little mini safe in there. So theoretically, you could put your laptop, keys, a few things, papers in a little. Oh, okay, like right. like a locker. Mhm. Yeah. Right. Interesting. <laughs> so they're well, catching a lot of flack. They're, the company's catching a lot of flack because it's like, is this legal? Is this it's 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 one thing if people want to live live like that. That's that's one thing, but it's another thing is can you do it just because people are willing to do it? Yeah. Is this the way, you know, society as a whole is going? Is is this what we got to look right. forward to? Yeah. Like hospitals so, get away with it because it's you don't live long term in a hostel, right? There's not yeah. that they're getting, they get around certain things like not enough toilets. Well, isn't that people. mostly a, isn't that mostly a dormitory situation? There's a bunch of people in bunk, bunk beds in the room. 
Okay, so uh, the piece I read about it interviewed several people, and it's people of all ages and walks of life that are in there. Uh, there's industry people that are trying to break into the industry, so uh-huh. where else are you going to live in L.A. with for 650 bucks? Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? In some nice area. It, these are in nice areas, these, these pod things. So it's like you could never afford rent in that area, but here you are by the studios. Here you are. You see what I'm saying? So there's yeah, right. People. There's other people that just got lost everything, got kicked out of all their shit, and they're there because it's the only place they can afford because it's six eighty for the month, and they don't have anything anyway. So that's yeah, you know, right. Right. Um, seems like we could do better as a people, right? Exactly. So that's the question. That's one of the questions being asked about this: is is it is, it is this really necessary? <laughs> well, it's, Maybe with a with a little bit. Of wealth redistribution, maybe some UBI, maybe some, you know, we can do a little bit better here. We've got to be able to do better. The uh, the Airbnb effect has killed rental properties around the country. So there's nothing yeah. left. If you don't believe, look at rentals that are available in whatever city you're in in the state. Look, there's nothing Oh, I, we, in San Diego, we've got a front line on, on that phenomenon. Yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere right now, and the problem is here. As, as yeah, in the rental market here, there's nothing for yeah. me here. Yeah, and I mean, there's no reason to come here. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing here. Right, uh, <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> somehow, there's a, there's a thriving uh, rental market. I don't know what <laughs> Airbnb market. Well, I, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's got some tourism, but you know, we used to go there. Um, there's a ton of hotels. There's enough hotels there to accommodate anyone. That we yeah, and that's what we did. So, yeah. But we didn't want to live there. We, we, that's all we wanted was a hotel. Well, apparently not because now all of the houses in there are, are Airbnb rentals. So that's sad. And then now all the surrounding areas as well. So it's, it's pretty So, weird. right. And you're absolutely right, too. It kills it kills the, the hotel, you know, market. But it also kills the rental market. <laughs> so it destroys the rental market. It destroys. The yeah. Market. Yeah. Yeah. Any that's San Diego property. Any halfway decent in any major city, any halfway decent property turns into a short-term rental almost right away. Instead of becoming so right. So so what happens when uh, when you, the working class people in the city that you need working class people in to you know man. Ninety percent of the jobs in the city, service industry and whatnot, uh, can't afford to live there. Uh, they they rather got to take the train from thirty miles out. Well, that either a you have to move way way out of town and do that, or yeah, you have to get it. You have to find one of the few houses where people are renting rooms and get a room. All of you, yeah, five of you get into a three bedroom house together. That, that's it. I mean, there, there are. There's no. There's no third option. There's no. There's nothing. Yeah. There's, there's no apartments to rent. So. Yeah. <laughs> it really is something. And, and that's what a time. that's that's the best we can do. What a time! What a time! And there's, and there's no fixing it. I mean, I, I can't even think of a way to fix it. There's no way you can well, say no more Airbnb. That's not going to happen. Well. Well, so when I first started renting uh, renting houses and renting rooms, um, you know, they were – I did it with about 40% of my minimum wage income. I'd rent a room, rent a house, a whole house. Right. And you don't get remotely near anything like that with a minimum wage income now. Um, it's like – well, I figured the last time I figured it out was 113% of your minimum wage income could get, rent you a one-bedroom in San Diego. So close. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, so I know that it can be different. It was different. I lived through a, a time when it was different. Um, and it's not this inevitable, invisible hand of the marketplace, you know, that around your neck choking you. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. I've been at a time when it wasn't that way. You've been listening to all you wonderful people. Good morning. You are wonderful people. Good morning. You know, 
And they are. But you are too. You're wonderful. And you know it. Are you, are you talking to uh, the audience in the morning? <laughs> I'm um, talking to R. David. Who's David? Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, there's a bright future. Okay? It's going to be a hell of a summer. And there's a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And it's safe. Yeah. And this situation that we're talking about where you can't rent anything and people having to leave, you know, their, their, their city they've been living in for their whole lives and all of that, that's turning around right now. Okay. All right. So there you go. So there you go. Um, I, I'm not sure about uh, the, the ice. That's going to continue to get worse, but we'll let the ice take care uh, well, of it. We'll, we'll figure the ice out. Lots to talk about. Uh, next yeah. Show. Uh, Definitely, we'll be talking about Greta and uh, climate change and a few different things. Okay. Right? Okay. Oh my God! All right. Uh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> We've been in good morning for a while now, though. <laughs> All right. All right. Good out. Uh, James, thank you. Uh, all, as always. You know, delving into the issues that people need to know about, want to know about, and <laughs> getting right to the heart of it. And uh, the meat of the matter. The meat of the matter. Oh, that would have been a better name for the show. That's fine. <laughs> See later. Like We're locked it. in. We're locked in. Save it. Save it, folks. Because <laughs> um, then we can always just transition into a cooking show. Oh, what are we calling this one? All you wonderful people. Oh, the meat of the matter, right? Yeah, that would have been good. Uh, we'll save it. We'll save that, yeah. Write that down. That so All right. Uh, until next time. Until next time. Ciao.